One helpful way of gathering the attention and arriving is simply to take a few very conscious, long, deep breaths, filling the lungs and exhaling slowly. So let's inhale together, filling the lungs. And then with the out breath, let it be slow enough so you can feel the sensations of releasing and see if you can sense with that the body letting go some. Inhaling again, filling the chest and the lungs. And then with the out breath, slowly, gently releasing and see if there can be some softening down through the body. And again, breathing in, filling the chest and the lungs. You might even want to hold for a moment when you're filled with breath and just let the shoulders relax back and down. And then a slow out breath, letting go, letting go. Allowing the breath to resume its natural rhythm and taking some moments to gently scan through the body, continuing to relax and release wherever possible. It's quite valuable to intentionally soften the eyes because so much of our mental tension, uh, even if we're not aware of it, shows up in that area of the eyes and the brow. So that sense of smiling into the eyes, relaxing the flesh, softening, letting the brow be smooth, can help to decondition that tightness of the mind. A slight smile at the mouth perhaps sensing the inside of the mouth smiling. Letting the jaw be relaxed, the muscles in the face relaxed. And that sense of smiling into the heart, letting that image and sense of a smile bring more space more sensitivity, more allowing to the heart area. And sensing the space opening enough so the shoulders can relax perhaps a bit more. And see if you can feel a letting go from the inside out, a loosening, dissolving. And if there's a lot of tightness, just sensing that that tangle can float. Just let it float in awareness. 
of the sensations through the arms. And making sure your hands can relax or rest in a very easy and effortless way. Softening and feeling the aliveness on the inside. sense an openness at the chest and feeling the heart area. And just sensing the aliveness and space in the heart area. Letting the attention scan down to the belly, perhaps smiling into the belly, sensing the curve of a smile and some openness there, and then just noticing the experience from the inside out. Letting the breath be received deep in the belly, softening, just as a cup can be filled with water. This body can be filled with awareness. Just feel that awake space of awareness deep in the torso. The energy that's flowing through your legs. Aware of the feet, the places of contact, pressure, warmth. And the interior vibration, aliveness. And then allowing yourself to feel simultaneously this whole body as a field of aliveness.
a surrendering presence allowing this life to be just as it is not stopping anything widening to include the play of sound listening to and feeling this whole changing flow moment to moment allowing most immediately into the foreground with a real receptivity, your primary anchor just detecting the sensations or flow of the breath sounds, or other body sensations, relaxing with your anchor.
when you notice the mind's been drawn away, calling on that spirit of interest, friendliness. So you're re-choosing to be here by gently waking up to the sounds that are actually here. Re-relaxing and feeling the aliveness in the body. And at your own time, arriving at the home base that most serves you. This morning, to expand the instructions or refine them a bit, to explore what we can do and how we can respond when a challenging emotion arises. We use very often the acronym of RAIN, which is really just helping us to unpack what mindful awareness is. So if you find yourself drawn into uh, repeating thoughts that have a real charge to them, strong emotional surge, and the first step of RAIN is just to recognize that it's happening. Just to recognize, you can name it. Angry thoughts, judgmental thoughts, fearful feeling. Just to recognize. And the noting can be helpful because it right away gives a little bit more space, a little more presence. So just a soft mental whisper. The A of rain, allow it. And that's where we really pause. So if fear comes up, say you have some anxious worry thoughts and you feel the fear, the A is an agreement just to let it be. Do not try to get rid of anything, not add on an extra judgment. Allow. It doesn't mean you like it, doesn't mean you want it to keep going, just allow. The eye of rain is to deepen the attention. And this is where mindfulness gets really engaged with investigation. So you inquire, so what most wants my attention right now? Or what am I running from? Where is this? What does it really feel like? So you're bringing the attention close into the constellation of sensations, the squeeze, the feeling of tearing, of pressure, of heat, of weight. For the investigation to be transformative, though, it needs what I sometimes think of as a second eye, which is a real intimate and kind attention. Investigate with kindness. In a way, if you imagine putting your hand on your heart or do it in reality, it's that quality of offering a kind presence as you sense what's here. Notice how it changes. 
Investigating means recognizing the shifts. Maybe it gets stronger. Maybe it subsides. Maybe it gets really vague and you can't find it anymore. That's okay. Investigate with kindness. The end of rain is really not a doing in any way, but rather the increasing sense of not being identified. That you go from the fearful self to that space of awareness and kindness that's it's just there noticing. You've returned to your natural awareness. So if you find that some strong emotions come up either in the form of thoughts, in which case you notice that, but come into the body and find them there, are the feeling states. You might explore today uh, using these elements of RAIN, recognize, allow, investigate with kindness, and then just sense the possibility of resting in a larger space of beingness, of presence. is that when investigating emotional states, it's not a conceptual or mental inquiry. Stay with your body. Keep coming back to the body, and if it all seems to dissipate or get vague, then just note that. You can come back to whatever is predominant, or to your breath, your anchor, What's most important is this moment, just noticing what's happening now and opening the heart and the being to let it be as it is.
you might notice where your attention is right now. And just examine if there's a veil of thoughts or concept between you and the reality, the vividness, the immediacy of experience right here. Just in seeing the veil, you can find some space to re-arrive, reconnect with the life that's here. If you find the mind is relatively quiet, you might explore putting aside any doing, not trying to sustain attention on an anchor, not trying to do anything, but rather resting in awareness, just recognizing and allowing what comes moment by moment. So the only intention is not to control experience. Rather just be the awareness that's here. The silence that's listening. That alert inner stillness that knows moment to moment what's happening. Just be that. And the Buddha taught 86,000 ways of paying attention to help serve 
this uh, unfolding to freedom. And um, I'm saying that because I'm very aware that in these few days, um, Pat talks about the contemplative artist, and we've got we've given you a lot of shades of paint to work with, and it's on purpose. Uh, the understanding being that uh, there are so many different body, mind, personality constellations, and we each at any given moment really um, need our own slightly different version of what's going to most uh, make us available to wake up. And so what that means is that for those that really like having things real cut and dry and formulistic, it's just hard because it's not like that. It just isn't. In fact, it's really, if you take the view of science, it's an experiment. It's a continual experiment to sense what helps to enable homecoming. Or if you think of it artistically, it's continual creative process. Um, it's not routine. Uh, that doesn't mean that we're not going to find some key modes of paying attention that really are fitting, that give us a kind of stability. But it continues to be a live one. So I say that because um, what you've already been exploring, the different heart practices, the gratitude practice, the way of bringing the attention to one primary object. Uh, just today I introduced rain, a way of kind of more, um, with a little bit more purposefulness, unpacking a tangle. These are all what are called skillful means, and they all take some effort, a wise effort, where there's just a, um, not a straining, but a deliberateness. And we need that to decondition uh, this mind that has such a tendency towards grasping and pushing away. And, ultimately, to be able to see reality as it is, to be able to inhabit the fullness of what we are, um, there, it, it arises in the moments where we've put aside any doing. In other words, the real goal, so to speak, of meditation is to dissolve the sense of a meditator to dissolve the contemplative artist and just have the creativity just happening. So I'd like to encourage you when you find that the mind has quieted some to have as part of your experiment to stop doing, to very intentionally um, just relax any efforting. Notice when the tendency to control comes up because it'll keep coming up. It's just a very deep part of our psyche. And so really the only activity is to notice the controlling, and in that noticing you'll find that there's a a relaxing back again. That's just yet another um, kind of option to support this process of becoming more free. Okay, so I want to check in with you and see how you're doing. Any questions on the practice, Bonnie? has the mic. Hi. Is it on? Hey. Hi. Um, Thank you. Uh, So, uh, hmm. so, I'm working with a body, 
a lot, thank you, and uh, my body. <laughs> and when that talk you gave last night about us, particularly about the, the woman in the closet, um, I, I lost, I couldn't sleep last night. I, you know, it really shook me up, and, and in not a bad way, just a sort of like, whoa. That didn't happen to me, but I still related <laughs> deeply to it. Um, and I think I get a little stuck between the I and the N, maybe, mm -hmm. of I can't help but feel a little, I, I am really, I feel like I'm really aware of my privilege mm -hmm. and I'm really aware of everything I haven't experienced and the nature of the horrors I'm aware of in the world. Um, kind of uh, block me a little bit from getting into that space of sort of open awareness to everything. And I, I've studied some Dharma on this, but you know, I mean, the Congo, really? It's unspeakable. I mean, I don't really know what's going on there right this second, mm -hmm. but I know what's been going on there for hundreds of years. And I just keep, you know, and I keep trying like, okay, suffering is suffering. I know suffering is suffering. and. Uh, you know, but um, I, I have a really hard time uh, putting my suffering in the context of the suffering of the world and how to really fully sort of open to my own um, awareness, knowing, being aware of that suffering in the mm -hmm. world. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, I, and that you, you're bringing in some really powerful inquiries and there's a few layers of them. So I'll, I'll address what I can of it. It's, it's big. And that is that um, it's very natural in our mind to compare sufferings because the horror is, and is, is so extreme. And it doesn't serve if that takes us away from what's asking for attention in our own body and heart because our capacity to fully open to what's right here creates the open tenderness to truly have the space to take in and respond to our world. I've never seen somebody overdose on, um, on paying attention to the tangles in their own body and heart and be, it's not like we're going off in, into a cave and becoming self-centered, it's more that we're becoming so intimate with what aliveness is like that we can really resonate with others. And when we get to the end of RAIN, which is not identified, it actually has an innately responsive capacity to suffering. So natural awareness, when we talk about natural open awareness, it's not just this vacant space of light. There's a tenderness and an openness that means that in this living world, we can perceive where there's suffering and without that self-centeredness, know that's part of who we are. It it's part of our being. So we don't go inward to separate, we go inward to find the sense of tenderness and aliveness that lets us belong to all beings. It's not an either or is what I'm saying. It sounds like it might be a good time to practice metta at that point. A little bit? Yeah, when the heart is really filled with that kind of tenderness, it, the compassion practice where we really keep on letting ourselves take in the intensity but also know that 
it's not a self that's taking it in. It's awareness that's opening to it, and then we offer our care. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm having a real hard time with the sense of how do you get to oneness? I, I can get into my body and I can sort of feel the boundaries start to dissolve, but I think what's underneath it is I don't trust the oneness and I'm not sure how to, how to, I guess I want like a four point plan. <laughs> 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 Let me ask you something. When you say you start, there's some loosening or dissolving, and then you get to a place of not trusting the oneness, what lets you know that's going on? What in your body, your heart? I, I just feel like somebody has punched me in my gut. Right. So there's like a puncturing, a, a real a unpleasant sensation in the gut. Then that's the place to pay attention. Don't even worry about the idea of oneness. Start exactly where you are, okay, with that unpleasantness and sense what happens when you then bring a um, committed and kind attention to that experience and just find out where it leads you. Okay. It's, it's, for most of us, we have an idea in our mind of where we're trying to get to and what happens is then we don't bring a wholehearted attention to what comes in the way, which is the very place that's most asking for attention in us. So the best guidelines in the world are the title of Pema Chodron's book, Start Where You Are, over and over. And what you can trust is that if you bring your full attention to that place, it will unfold itself more and more into revealing who you are and what you're really yearning for. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. There you go. Thank you, Ruth. Start where you are. <laughs> if there's a good formula in the room, yeah, that's good. Start where you are. Thank you. Our new Four Noble plan. <laughs> Point plan. Yeah. Hey. Uh, hey. I was wondering if you could talk a bit about uh, the different flavors of doubt. Um, what I've felt, not just here at the retreat, but for a while in my practice, is that once you get stuck in there and you start doubting, and doubting that you can even notice doubt, <laughs> and it mm -hmm. gets kind of thick, um, it seems to be very um, disillusioning towards the practice. And yeah. the more you sit, I, I find I get more and more frustrated because that flavor is there and because I can't seem to get behind it, it just colors everything. So I don't know if you could speak to that. Yeah. And, and so I, just say a little more of, because you, you, just listening to you tells me that you've actually been bringing some very good mindfulness to the display of doubt. Tell me what you've noticed and how, what you've, how you've been with it so far. Um, well, there's, I mean, certainly just the, the noticing and the labeling it, but it's mm -hmm. what I've what I found is hard is that um, there's like a deeper doubt, <laughs> like mm -hmm. a real all-encompassing one mm -hmm. that 
is like, oh, nice try. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm noticing doubt or noticing that I'm doubting the practice, and there's some like a deeper level of commentary that's like, that's not going to work. Who are you kidding? Okay. You've been doing this for a while, and that didn't work last week, so why would it work this week? And it's just sort of... <laughs> so is there a core belief that you're sensing is really kind of behind that voice? Yeah, that I, that I just can't, can't do it. So, so that basic, I can't do it. Yeah. Okay. And when you say that, are there feelings in your body you're aware of? Yeah, so that's your entry. If you can just get to the, that there's that core belief and just find out how it's in your body and sense even more than that. And this is a little bit of a larger process, but sense how it's in your body and sense how in a broader way you feel it's moved through your life and affected your life. Mm-hmm. So that you can sense the way it's contracted or gripped and see if you can just uh, witness and be with that with a quality of kindness and just find out what happens when you really investigate the belief and feelings of I can't do it. Just find out in your body what happens. So what I'd ask you is when I, when I said to kind of, it's almost like you're bringing rain to the feeling and belief of, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to know how that sat with you when I said it. I think, I think it's really tough because like I said, I think there's like an ingrained place where it's, I mean, part of the issue, and I, can just go, I don't want to go too far on this, but I feel like one of the things that gave me initially a lot of hope was working through your, a lot of your teachings. And I feel like in some ways the doubt has taken a hold of like your own words for me. And that's like the thing that had given me all of this sort of hope and sort of open these doors. I feel like it's like, oh, try and go back into the till and, and, let, and see if Tara can help again. And it's like, it, it, it almost feels like even here talking directly to you, like yeah. that's how deep it is that it's like, I yeah, can't, I can't right. work anymore. Okay, perfect. So thank you. That's why I wanted to ask you again. Because with doubt, whatever comes up, it gets its arm, you know, it, it takes the next thing and surrounds it and says, uh-uh, not to that either. So you're really at what I consider like one of those core places that, um, you know, there's that no mud, no lotus. If you can enter into this one, it's like exactly what is asking most deeply for your attention if you're willing to hang in with it. The challenge with doubt is we get exhausted, discouraged, and we just kind of, there's a resignation thing. So if you can know that about doubt and get that this is actually the portal that for you has the most hope, more than when things glide along smoothly, this is your place. If something in you, some, that wisdom place and you can know, well, this is where the stickiness is, this is where the self is most coagulated, this is the place to pay attention and just hang in, it will start revealing itself to you. Yeah, I think you understand. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. Please, please. I'm, I'm, everything that Tara said is, is a bullseye. And I once had a teacher when I came to him and and I can't remember who it was, I had all this doubt and I was just tangled in a hopeless tangle. 
And he said, doubting? You gotta go all the way. Doubt deeper. <laughs> Make sure that you doubt the doubt. That's all. I love it. That's great. Okay, so uh, we're about to enter the day and um, want to just say this day of the retreat, each retreat has its own landscape. This day is a real opportunity for you to um, explore that continuity that Pat mentioned yesterday that can really collect your energy and bring more of a um, settledness, a laser-like quality to the mind, an openness. I mean, just the possibility when everything is included. So there's no time that you're on your way to something or that you're leaving something. Just have that intention with curiosity. See how many moments you can just say this, not just this, and really enjoy it. So thank you and have a good one. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.